I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. I am the resurrection and the life. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Well, Northside family, it is good to be with you today. My name's Nate, if you're new here. And can we just thank God for already this morning and welcome those online at the same time. Just an incredible day. And uh, got to know Christian a little bit who got baptized this morning. And I, well, this is what I love is uh, Isaac Hogle and another other people have been reaching out and investing into him. And this is the, the power, you saw that baptism, but what you need to know is this, that came through the power of life groups. That came through the power of friends inviting friends to come and experience the goodness of Jesus. And I just want to remind you today, we got life group signups out in the lobby, and this is the power of life groups. They help us understand Jesus more. They help you and I walk with one another. And so you saw just a quick moment of a baptism, but I just want to remind you there was so much more involved. And the power of that moment was the power of the church. You and I coming around each other, lifting each other up, walking with each other. And that's why we're doing this series called I Am. Because Jesus wants us to know who he is and the power that he has, the ability to change our lives. And uh, we, we've talked about this at the beginning of the series. Uh, you know, we don't want to just know about Jesus. Here's the good news of Jesus. Jesus wants us to know him. He goes, I don't want you just to know about me and kind of just be like distant friends or whatever, distant saviors going, I want you to know me. Here's the thing. I just didn't know how much God actually wanted that. And so last week during the series, you know, as we were talking about Jesus saying, I'm the bread of life during the 945, as soon as I said that God started raining manna from heaven, it started raining, right? And you guys saw that if you were here last week at 945, we're like, Okay, he's here with us today, right? Last night, God showed off again. And uh, during the five o'clock service, they post this video online. During the five o'clock service, here we are this weekend, we're gonna be talking about I'm the light of the world. Literally within the first five minutes of the sermon, talking about I'm the light of the world, the power goes out. And we're like, okay. And so literally I just told him this. I said, hey guys, let's get our cell phone lights out. We're gonna keep preaching, right? You know, only problem was the clock had gone out. I didn't know how long I was gonna go. And uh, and so I just start preaching here in the dark last night during the five o'clock service and I get to the passage in Genesis, in Genesis chapter one, verse three, and I literally quote, and God said this, let there be light. And at that moment, the generator kicked on and all the lights came on. I'm telling you, God wants us to know him more than we could ever dream or imagine. He is the God of the I am. I should have just done an invitation right there and closed in prayer, right? And be like, listen, if you were looking for a sign, there it is, right? But this is what Jesus shows up. And in, in the book of John, Jesus' best friend records seven statements because God wants you to know who he is. And this is what God's saying. He's going, when you know who Jesus is, you'll know who I am. And I am the bread of life. And today we're going to talk about this statement that Jesus has in John chapter 8, where Jesus says this, 
He says, I am the light of the world. Matter of fact, let's read this. We, we, we've got this uh, kind of cheat sheet here in your cup holder. We got on the screen and we want you to put this somewhere where you're going to see it. We want you to memorize this this week. We want you to feast on the goodness of God. But let's say this phrase that Jesus says in John chapter 8, verse 12, out loud together. Ready? Here we go. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus stands up and says, I'm the light of the world. And here's what's amazing about Jesus is this. In this statement, he says the most exclusive, inclusive statement there could be. Jesus says exclusively, I am the light. Jesus doesn't say I am one of a light in the world. He says I am the light of the world. Meaning this, he goes, I am the one who's come to bring light to every single person who has walked in darkness. See, this is why he's come to be the light of the world. It's this, we know the darkness in the world, don't we? I mean, just turn on the news, look at anywhere. We're not shocked. Oftentimes we feel like this. Sometimes we feel like this, we're like, isn't it getting a little bit darker out there? And we look around and we see the darkness. See, this is why Jesus came to be the light because he knows this, you and I, it's not just that the culture is dark, it's this, in our honest moment, we know the darkness of our own heart, don't we? Stuff we don't like to tell people about, stuff that we never post on Facebook. Here's what we do, right? Don't we always post our highlight reels? We never post our failures, right? We never go, oh man, loser of the day, listen to this moment. That's not what we ever post, right? We always, put, you know, we always post the pristine pictures, the best of the best, all these other things. And what we find is this, Jesus says, I've come to be the light of the world because here's what happens. You and I battle with darkness. You and I, for the rest of our life, we will deal with darkness in the world. And Jesus shows up to say, I am the light of the world. I'm the light of the world. Here's why we need to understand it this way as well. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 4, Paul begins to let the church know that the ways that Satan operates, and he says this. He goes, church, this is what you got to remember. It's not just that Jesus is the light of the world. He says also this, that Satan masquerades as an angel of light. See, this is how Satan works. We know when we see evil in the world, right? We see it and we go, oh, that's bad. Here's the other thing we gotta remember. Satan doesn't just do evil in the world. You know what Satan also does? He masquerades things, and this is what his goal is for you and I. He wants us to be distracted with darkness. And what he wants us to do is this, take good things and make it our light. Your work is a good thing until you let your work be the light of your world. And then your world is owned by your work. This is what Satan wants us to do with our families. Your families are a blessing. Here's the only problem. When your family becomes the light of your world, what happens when your family lets you down? What happens when your family doesn't like you anymore? You lose your light. Nothing wrong with loving your family. As parents, we are called to steward our kids, to raise them in the ways of the Lord. But the mistakes sometimes we can make, and I can be guilty of this as well, right? I've got young kids, and this is the thoughts that begin to happen, you know, because now we're like, we're like in that season. If you're not doing travel sports, it's like, are you really, is your kid even good? Right? Right? I mean, literally, that's like our confession. Oh, 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 your kid's on that travel team. Mm. Oh, your kid only plays Little League. <laughs> Oh, good for you. That's great. Little league, huh? Right? And this one, and you're like, oh man, something's wrong with my kid. 
And here's what happens if we're not careful. This is what, this is what Satan wants us to do. He wants us just to become distracted with darkness. Oh, make, make your family the light of your world. Make your work the light of your world. Instead of letting Jesus be the one who's the light in your work. Instead of letting Jesus be the light of your marriage. Instead of letting Jesus be the light as you raise kids. Instead of letting Jesus be the light in your singleness. Nothing wrong if you're single. Because why? Because Jesus is the light of your world. You're not defined by your marital status. You are defined by the light of the world. Martin Luther King Jr. said it this way. He said, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. And he said, hate cannot drive out hate. Only what? Love can do that. Here's what Martin Luther King Jr. knew was this. If I begin to be violent in this world, here's the only thing that's gonna create. You know what follows violence in the world? Violence. And this is what he knew. I can't bring violence into the world. I need to bring the light of the world into this world. I love what C.S. Lewis, a great theologian, said about this of his own journey. He was an atheist who began to become a believer in Christ. And listen what he says in one of his writings. This is one of my favorite quotes of C.S. Lewis. He says this. He says, I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun has risen. Not only because I see it, but listen what he says here, but because by it, talking about the light, Jesus, I see everything else. See, by the sun in our world, we see everything else. We remember early on, people believed that everything revolved around earth. And see, that's what darkness is in our life. We begin to believe that the world revolves around us. That's darkness. And in the, world, the way that the world works, everything doesn't revolve around earth. We, all, we revolve around the light. We revolve around the sun. Same way with Jesus. Same way. And here's what you find. The more you study this light and darkness theme all the way from the beginning of Genesis chapter 1 to Revelation chapter 21, you see the power of the light. When God created in Genesis chapter 1 verse 3, it says this. When God created, it says that the, the earth was dark and formless. And then he said this. Let there be what? Let there be light. Boy, there's so much powerful last night. I tell you what, man, you know. But I tell you, but like he said this, he goes, man, let there be light. Let there be light. And what you find in Israel's story is this, when they left captivity in Egypt and when you and I are in our struggle with sin, we walk in darkness and the power of the story of Israel is this, is that God was still their light even in their darkness. That they followed a, a cloud by day, which was the presence of God, and it said, and a pillar of fire by night. See, the light was their journey through the darkness. All the way throughout the Bible, it's this light. Jesus shows up, I'm the light of the world. Revelation chapter 21, it says this, in heaven there will be no sun, because this is what it says, because the light of the world will be its lampstand, and it says this, the light of the world in heaven will be the Lamb of God, and he will give light to everything. He's so much brighter than the darkness. He's so much brighter. But here's what I want us to look at here in this passage. Oftentimes we go, okay, I get it. He's the light of the world. But listen to what he says next. He goes, I'm the light of the world. And if you have your card, look at what it says next. He says, I'm the light of the world. And then he says, and whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. 
Doesn't mean you won't have hard times. What he means is this. The more you follow the light, the less regret you will have. But this is what he's saying. That for you and I, it's about following the light. He's the light of the world, and he says, I've come so that you can follow the light. And here's what I want to talk about today. This is what I want us to see as Jesus begins to unpack this, is something happens when you and I begin to follow the light. See, today, Jesus just isn't asking you to agree with him. Do you believe that I'm the light of the world? I believe you're the light of the world. Can we go home? No. All right? I still got a few more minutes, okay? And here's what happens, right? Sometimes that's all we think, that all Jesus wants us to do. Do you agree? It's not what he's asking in this moment. You know what he says? He says, I'm the light of the world. And then what does he ask you and I to do? And what does he ask the people of Israel? And what does he ask the world to do in that moment? To follow. I'm the light of the world. And I want you to follow the light of the world. Three things we're going to talk about today that happens when you and I follow the light of the world. If you're taking notes, you want to write this down. Here's what happens when you and I begin to follow the light of the world. The light begins to change the way that you and I see our past. The light of the world, when it comes in, it begins to change the way you and I see our past. Here's the second thing. It changes the way that we live in the present. And then the third thing happens is this. It changes our plans for the future. See, the light of the world, it changes how we see our past. And it changes how we live in the present and it changes our plans for the future. One of the most important things we need to do and remember is when we open the Bible and we read a passage like this, when Jesus says, I'm the light of the world, here's the, here's the failure. A lot of times we'll, we'll take a verse and we'll take it out of context. We'll just kind of lift it up and we'll forget what's going on. That what we always have to do is whenever we read a text, we always have to read it in its context. Here's what was going on here in John chapter 8. Right before it in John chapter 7, it's, it's the Feast of Tabernacles. Now, I know a lot of you guys, that's what, that was the first thing on your mind this morning, right? It's the Feast of Tabernacles, right? Or like, I hope Nate explains that today. I know that's exactly what you were thinking about this morning. No, right? Here's what happens. We, have, we hear all these Jewish traditions and all these things, and we have no idea what that means. But the Feast of Tabernacles was this. Every year, the Jewish people would get together. They would go to Jerusalem, and here's what they would celebrate. They would remember that God led them at night out of Egypt by a pillar of fire, that they had a light in their darkness. And not only that, they would celebrate that when they were thirsty, that God brought water out of a rock. Meaning this, God saved them in their darkness through the light and God provided everything they needed when they had nothing left. And this is what they would do every, every year is they'd come together and they would celebrate, remember? Remember that light and remember that same light with us today. See, that's why we actually gathered here this morning. We remember the light of Christ, the one who went to the cross, died and resurrected and is alive and has given us his spirit today. And this is why we've come together. And this is why Jesus says this right here, because he says this. He goes, you guys, you celebrate that pillar of fire. Guess what? There's a greater light now in the world. And it's not a pillar of fire. It is the presence of Christ. And he gives us his spirit Matter of fact, listen to what he says in John chapter 7, verse 37. It says, on the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood up and said in a loud voice, like a headliner, right? You go to a concert. When do they put the headliner? The very end. And on the last day of this feast, the greatest day, Jesus stood up and said in a loud voice, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. 
And whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from where? Within him. Jesus goes, I haven't just come to give you a drink of water. I've come to give your soul water. And then it says this in verse 39. John begins to explain it. He says, by this he meant the spirit whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that moment, the spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. Here's the whole power of Jesus. He stands up and he goes, you guys are here celebrating what God did through Moses back in the day. I got to let you know there's a greater light here today. There's a better living water here today. Jesus wants you to know today in your darkness, there is a better light. The whole power of Jesus is this. As you and I have worn ourselves out trying to create light in our world, this is what he says. I am the light of the world. And I've come to step into your darkness. Isaiah chapter 9, 700 years before Jesus shows up, Isaiah the prophet begins to talk about this light. In Isaiah chapter 9 verse 2, it says this. It says, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, I love this phrase, a light has dawned. See, this is the power of the light. God's not asking you to create your own light. Here's what he wants you to do in your darkness, in your sin, in the darkness that you and I face. This is what he wants us to do. He wants us to allow the light simply to come in. Jesus, will you come in to the darkness that I carry? Jesus, will you come in? I'm worn out. I'm exhausted. I need light in my life. Paul picks up on this in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6, and he says this, For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, talking about the creation of the world, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. See, this isn't just today that you and I would agree that Jesus is the light of the world. This is what he's saying. Will you allow the light of the world to pierce through the darkness in your life? To pierce through the heaviness. There's a couple of artists over in England. Uh, I became aware of their artwork. And what was fascinating is this. In the early 2000s, they put together this art display. And uh, literally, they're not Christian people, uh, but this was their art display. You walked into their art studio, and uh, they literally, you walked into this one room, and it was literal trash off the streets of London. Now, oftentimes, when I go into art studios, I look at that, and I go, that's trash, right? And then it sells for like 60 grand. And you're like, you sold trash for 60 grand, right? You know, I'm like, I, I guess I just can't see what people can see. And this is what happens. After people walked in the room, this is what they did. They shined light onto the trash. And what the authors did, they're not Christians, but this is what they knew. When you put light on darkness, something powerful begins to happen. They did this to remember 9-11. This was in 2003, and they called it Sunset Over Manhattan. You can see the Twin Towers in the middle there. And what they had done was this. They had shot BBs through the trash, and this is the power of it, so light could begin to walk and work through the darkness. See, today, this is the good news of Jesus. All he's saying is this. Will you allow the light into the darkness? This is how change happens He's not waiting for you to be the light. He's not waiting for you to get your act together. All he's saying is this, will you allow the light of the world into the darkness of your life? 
And here's what happens. When we begin to follow the light, what happens is this. It begins for us to change the way we see our past. We don't have to act like there's not bad things or dark things in our past, but what we get to do is this. We get to confess the light of the world has saved us from our darkness. Matter of fact, this is what I love about our Celebrate Recovery ministry. Because when you show up, everybody, this is what happens. They're like, yeah, 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 I got dark things, but guess what? I don't just have dark things in my past. This is what I have. I have the light of the world in my heart. I just want to remind you today, do not be defeated by the darkness in your life when the light of the world wants to overwhelm the darkness in your life. Amen. This is the hope that we have. He's going, I'm not asking you to deny the darkness that you carry. But will you let the light of the world into the darkness? Will you let the light of the world come in? What's amazing is this, it doesn't just change the way we see our past when we let the light in, it changes how we live in the present. See, when we begin to follow the light, there's things in our past that we don't have to avoid anymore. We don't have to act like it's not there. We go, oh, no, 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 that was dark, but the light has taken care of it. And not only that, we're not hindered by our past, but now we get to begin to live differently in the present. You and I begin to live differently. We get to begin to follow the light where we are right now. When for some of you, you're in junior high or, or you're in high school today and the good news is today, you're going off to college, you're, you're sending your kid off to college. When you go to college, the light goes with you. The light is with you. It changes the way you live in the present. Here in John chapter eight, it's one of the most uh, popular, most well-known passages. It's the woman caught in adultery. And listen what the light of the world says to this woman in John chapter eight. The Pharisees captured this woman caught in adultery and they don't want to just, you know, help her. They want to trap Jesus. And I love what Jesus says this. He starts writing in the ground. And in verse 7, it says, When they kept on questioning Jesus, he straightened up and he said to them, If any of you is without sin, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. He's going, If any of you don't have darkness, go ahead, chuck that stone, right? Here's what they all know. They got darkness. Again, he stoops down and he begins to write on the ground in verse 9. Listen to what it says. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time. The older ones first until only Jesus was left. And then, with the woman still standing there, Jesus straightened up and he asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir. She said, you need to hear Jesus' words here. Then neither do I condemn you. Jesus declared, go now and leave your life of sin. Can we say that last sentence out loud together? I don't want us to miss what the light of the world says here in this moment. Let's say that out loud. Go now and leave your life of sin. See, the light of the world doesn't say, hey, I hope you get it together and then come back and let me know. Matter of fact, when we reverse this order of passage right here, we lose the entire Bible. We lose the entire message of Jesus. The message of Jesus is not go and get your life together. Quit being somebody full of condemnation and maybe I won't condemn you. What he says is this, go now and leave your life a sin. See, this is what the light allows us to do today. See, the light of the world allows us, and this is what happened in that moment right there, the light of the world, here's what I love, became the light of her world. See, this isn't just some abstract thought of he's the light of the world, world, world. 
No, the light of the world became the light of her world. The light of the world has come to become the light of your world, my world. And the darkness has come to pierce through. And the times when we go, I don't know how to get out of this mess, he goes, I know you don't. Go now and leave your life of sin. See, grace is what allows us to go now and leave our life of sin. It's the grace of Jesus. And here's the problem. I just want to allow, I mean, I know it's so hard to admit the darkness. Some of you, you're wrestling right now. You, you, you know the darkness that you're in. You know the darkness of the past. You know these things going on. And here's the problem. You're like, Nate, I know. But if I say something, I, I don't know what God would do. Let me just remind you. First John chapter 1, verse 8 through 9. It says, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves. Don't deceive yourself today. And the truth is not in us. If we confess with our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. You need to hear the, the light of the world's going, no, I, I didn't come to condemn you. I came to save you. But here's what you got to do. You got to confess that Jesus, you're the light. I've got darkness and I need your grace. At the end of this series on September 24th, 25th, we got baptism weekend coming up. This is our opportunity, just like you saw Christian get baptized today. This is opportunity to take this step of obedience to say, God, I believe you're the light of the world. I'm confessing my sin. I need your light. I need to go with you. And what happens is when you get baptized, the light of the spirit begins to dwell in you and I. The light of the world, it heats us up. This is what it says the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit, it convicts us. The Holy Spirit comforts us. The Holy Spirit, it compels us. We know there's power in light. Sometimes what you do is this. You light things medically to clean them. It heats them up. It gets rid of impurities. It allows things to operate in purity. When you're forging something in the fire, when you're forging steel, you know how hot it has to get to forge steel? 2,000 degrees. Here's why. Because it's only until the heat does its work can things begin to change. See, it's only when the heat of the Holy Spirit can come in, it begins to transform us. My daughter Lily, for her 10th birthday, we asked her what she wanted, and she said, I want to get highlights in my hair for the first time, right? Because you all know what it costs to get highlights. We're like, one time a year. Right, that's what you're getting, right? You know, and she had never had highlights before. And we took her to one of our favorite salon places. One of our friends runs it. And she took it. And, and, th and then this is what happens when you get highlights. You got to sit under the heat lamps. And uh, we took a picture of her on her 10th birthday. Here she was, right? You know, just under the heat lamp, right? And we, we asked her afterwards. She goes, and we said, what do you think? She goes, I understand now why chickens love the heat lamp, right? And she said, I just, I just sat there. And she said, and what was incredible was the heat. She said, it felt so good. But then here's what was happening to her hair. As the heat was being applied to the hair, the hair was beginning to change. See, as you and I allow the spirit and the light of the world in, here's what happens. The more sometimes you just need to sit in the chair and read God's word and allow the light of the world to warm you, allow the light of the world to change you, just allow the promises of God's work that when you follow me, that when you follow me, you will never walk in darkness, but you're going to have the light of life. Here's the only problem. Sometimes we don't take enough time just to sit with the light of the world. Sit there. Go, God, I got darkness. I need your light. You know what he's going to say? 
Go now. Go now. And leave your life of sin because the light of the world is here. Go now. Today is the day of salvation. That's what the scripture says. Today, not tomorrow, right now. The light of the world wants to change us. The light of the world wants to come in us. The light of the world doesn't want to just pierce us, but here's what we find. It's this. It's that the light of the world wants to change our plans for the future. Oftentimes, here's my mistake with the light of the world. I let them change me, but I forget that the light of the world wants to shine through me. See, the light of the world doesn't want to just change us. The light has come to shine. Listen to what Jesus begins to change here. Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 through 16. After he gives the Sermon on the Mount, he begins to change the language. He says here he's the light of the world, but in Matthew chapter 5, he begins to press this in. He says, I want you to know that light is your identity. I am the light of the world, and when I am in you, the light of the world is in you. And listen to what he says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 through 16. He says, you are the light of the world. No, Jesus, that's your job. He goes, I know, but when I reign in you, your job is to now be the light of the world. When I'm over you, when I'm in you, when I'm shining through you at work and in your home and in your neighborhood, he says, you are the light of the world. He says, a city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Not just see your good deeds, but know why the light is coming through you. Why are you bringing light into the darkness? See, this is the incredible opportunity we have as the church. It's this, the light always goes after the darkness, doesn't it? Nothing can hold the light back. And Jesus goes, church, that's what I want you to understand. When the light of the world is in you, you are now the light of the world because the light of the world has changed you and it's shining. And can we just be honest? Doesn't the world need a little bit more light today? Man, doesn't the world, this this is what I hear. I love everybody says this. They go, you know what the world needs the most of right now? This is what the world needs the most of right now. Men and women who are full of the Holy Spirit. That's what they need. They need people who are just full of the Holy Spirit, not people who have it all together, but the people who have been willing to allow the light into the darkness and to shine. I love our outreach team here, Doug and Caroline and Mark, the whole team's just phenomenal. Kyle, everybody who does this, they put together this incredible event a couple weeks ago called First Serve. And what it was was this, we just invited, we sent an email out to a bunch of people and we said, hey, we want to invite you to come be the light of the world. We called it First Serve. Over 200 people signed up. We had families signing up. And here's what we did on one Saturday. We we provided all the stuff. And what they did was this, they put together all these care packages and then they took them to local places, fire departments, police stations. They took them to all sorts of nonprofits. And then this is what they said. We go, hey, we just want to let you know that we are praying for you. We are standing with you we love you and what they said is we just came to bless you and what was powerful was this the conversations that started happening 
One people, it was amazing. There was this uh, grandpa and his grandson went to deliver that together. And they said this, that they said, hey, the, the, the person who got it said, yeah, I just got baptized there at Northside a couple weeks ago. And they were talking about their conversion story. And on the way back, the grandson asked the grandpa, grandpa, can you tell me about baptism? And it was just this powerful moment of going and being the light. That light began to come in. I love this phrase. It says this, you are never too old and you're never too young to start being the light of the world. This is the calling that you and I have. I'm the light of the world. And whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but have the light of life. I want to ask a question of you this morning. Where's the light of the world leading you? Where's the light of the world leading you today? Maybe for some of you, there's been that thing in your past you've just kept avoiding because you're like, I'm just going to avoid it until I, until I go to be with Jesus. And then Jesus is going to take care of it. Can I just let you know today? Jesus doesn't want you to carry that burden. That's what the cross is all about. He wants you to walk in the light. Where is the light leading you? Some of you go, Nate, I don't know. Can I just encourage you with this psalm? This psalm has helped me out. Psalm 119, 105. You go, Nate, I, I don't have a big vision for my life. I, I can't really, I, I really don't know. Listen what Psalm 119, 105, it says this. It says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. Hey, God, can you tell me who I'm going to marry? Nope. But I'm going to be a lamp to your feet, right? And you're just going to need, you're just going to, need to take this next step of obedience of Jesus. God, what, what career am I going to have? God, how much am I going to retire with? Can you just let me know? I'm 23, but I'd really like to know what's going to happen when I'm 63. And he's going to go, my word is a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. And this is what, is, this is what the light of the world is going to say is this. Follow me. Follow me. I remember when I was seven, or actually 16 years old, right before I, I moved here, uh, was in Las Vegas, the city of lights. Isn't it amazing how you can light up a town and it still be the darkest place on earth, right? It's like, God's like, it doesn't matter how bright you make those lights, right? If that place is dark, it's dark, right? And what I love is when I was 16 years old, the elders here at Northside, they had approached my dad about coming here being the, the pastor, and he told me, hey, Nate, uh, elders here, Northside Christian Church, Normally, asked me to come be, be the pastor there. I feel like the Lord's leading me. But he goes, I know you're 16. I don't want to move you. You're a junior in high school. I know that this would be really bad. And it, what do you think? And uh, as a mature 16-year-old, I said, no. <laughs> right? And I was like, no. No. Somebody said this one time. They go, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. Right? And then this is what began to happen. The light wouldn't leave me alone. Kept pursuing me. Kept pursuing me. And I just remember just this moment here in Las Vegas, city of lights. This is what the light of the world, the Holy Spirit told me. This is all the phrase I got. Nate, you have two years left of high school. Your dad has 20 years left of ministry. That was it. You know what he was saying? Follow the light. 
Follow the light. Follow the light. Nate, I got more in store for you, but I don't want you to set your hope and put something else in your life to be the light. Nate, I'm the light of the world. Follow the light. Today, I don't know what step you need to take, but the light of the world is inviting you and I to follow him because whoever walks in the light will not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Let me pray for us. Father, I thank you. I thank you, God, that you allow us in this place to be a people who, God, every single one of us have something that we regret. Every single one of us have something we're embarrassed of. And yet, Father, your light doesn't shy away from any of it. But your light has come to redeem it. And, Father, not just our past, but, God, you stand with us right now. And, God, you don't just stand with us, Father. You guide us into the future. Lord, you have bigger plans for us than we have for ourselves. And so, Father, just right now, I just pray, God, for the in internal battle that many of us are having in this room or maybe online right now, that, Father, we would allow the light, you, to have your way. Father, there is nothing greater, there is nothing bigger, there is nothing better than we could give ourselves to than you. And so right now, Father, we just say we want to follow you. Thank you for meeting us right where we are. Lord, today, would you have your way? And it's in your name that we pray. And everybody said together. Amen. Amen. Let's follow the light today. God bless y'all. We'll see you next weekend.